0: Welcome to Inside Your County Government. I'm your host and community engagement coordinator, Doria Fleischer. It is October, and October is recognized as Domestic Violence Awareness Month in Charles County and nationwide. And here in Charles County, we are really lucky to have resources available to those who are facing the incredible challenge of domestic violence. And one of these resources is the Center for Abused Persons. I feel incredibly grateful to be joined here today by the Center for Abused Persons, President of the Board, Roz Manley. And CAPS Community Outreach Specialist, Michaela Knight. Thank you both so much for being here today to chat with us.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us here.
0: (laughs) So, Michaela, I want to start with you and just ask you to give um, a little bit of an overview of what Center for Abused Persons, and I'm going to go ahead and call it CAP. Is that okay? That's that's the name?
1: That's completely fine. That's typically how we refer to it, so you will constantly hear me call it CAP throughout my spew of what we do.
0: (laughs) Beautiful. So, tell us a little bit about what CAP is, what you do.
1: Sure. So CAP is a nonprofit here in Charles County that works with domestic violence and sexual assault victims specifically within Charles County. So kind of in-house, we do therapy, victim advocacy, court accompaniment. We also run an AIP program. And recently we've started a peer support group for our um, victims. And we also run the county's 24-hour crisis hotline. So that's a really great service to take advantage of.
0: Wonderful. And you said AIP. What does that stand for?
1: Sure. That is our abuser intervention program. So that's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. That's kind of for the abusers or people who kind of want to get into the program and address some of those like abuser tendencies Mm. um, and that controlling aspect. So it can be either voluntarily or sometimes we do get court mandated persons.
0: Gotcha. Thank you for sharing. And I, I know we've had a previous episode, um, on our podcast about CAP and its services. So I wanna make sure we'll put that in the show notes so people can go back and and listen as well. I wanna talk today about CAP and what you do, but we also have you Roz here. And you are here in two roles, yes? You're here as both the the president of the board of CAP, but also as somebody with lived experience with domestic violence, yes? Yes, yes, that's definitely correct. Can you tell us a little bit about how your two roles intersected, and then I'm going to ask you to talk about your story, if you don't mind.
2: Sure, no, I don't mind. So I learned about CAP, actually, um, a past president reached out to me in reference to uh, they heard me speak, my husband and I speak About life after domestic violence And um, so CAP reached out to me to give my speech And then I got an award And I was like, why am I getting the award For making a difference, you know, it was kind of Different, and I didn't look at it At that time as that I was making a difference Or anything, but then I learned about CAP And their services and what they what they did And I wanted to be a part of it I wanted to to make sure people understood who CAP was, what they do, because I am a Charles County resident. So I wanted people to know that they had the resources out here. And I really love the AIP program because I feel like we also need to help the abusers also. You know, we can't just help the victims. We need to help the abusers so we can correct these behaviors. So that's how I got involved with CAP.
0: Gotcha. And I... (laughs) I've only met you today. We, we chatted over the phone and over text last night, and I so appreciate you you giving me that time. I'm laughing because what I, everything that everybody said about you before I met you and in meeting you, it's you, you're you going to meet Roz. You're going to fall in love with her. She gets involved with everything. She'll do anything for the community. And I'm laughing because you said, yeah, I, I got an award from CAP, and now you're the president of the board, which kind of sums <laughs> up that that you're the kind of person that when you go deep, you go deep, yes? Yes,
2: <laughs> I am very passionate. Um Sometimes it's like a blessing and a curse because then I get signed up for all of these impromptu things because <laughs> I don't know how to say no, especially when it's something that I'm really passionate about. And um, domestic violence and sexual assault is really important to me, and to eradicate this is really important to me. I don't want to be talking about this twenty years mm-hmm. from now, you know. I want it to be different for my children, and for I have a grandchild now. I don't want her to even know what this what this life was like at all. So it is important to me. So when someone calls for me to do things like this and they, uh, use my platform and to speak, I'm always available um, to do that because I I don't want anyone to trade places with what I've been through.
0: Well, I appreciate that on a personal level and on a professional level. Thank you for doing that for our county. So Roz, can I ask, will you tell us your story?
2: Um, my story has uh, many parts too, but uh, one of it I definitely I uh, grew up in a home where there were domestic violence. I saw it everywhere within, you know, family and things like that. Of course, I didn't know the term was domestic violence at that time. It was kind of put together like love. Like, this is mm-hmm. kind of what love is. This is kind of what you go through in a relationship. And the one thing that I hate as an adult now is what goes on in this household stays in this household. So I feel like growing up, a lot of things went on in my household and I didn't talk about because I was taught not to talk about it. You right? So I didn't do it. But then I grew up in the same behaviors that I saw, I realized that it was now my life. You know, mm-hmm. I was um teenager, um, in a abusive relationship. And I did not know where to go, who to turn to, because remember, this was love, right? right? So this is what it was supposed to be. This means that somebody loved me. When you were controlling me and telling me when I had to come home, what I could do, what I couldn't attend in school, it was because you loved me. And the feeling inside of me wasn't good. Like, my inside knew that there was something wrong with this. But again, this is what I learned. And this is what I, I saw growing up. This happened for years. Like I was being abused for years, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, and it started at t- in my teenage years. And one of the things that really turned it around for me is that an incident happened where the police end up getting called on me, right? Yeah. Now, me, of all people who have had several protective orders at this time and just been going through a lot, you know, contemplating suicide and doing all kind of things to myself because I couldn't take this anymore, but uh began to be a teenage mom. I was a teenage mom through all of this abuse. I end up getting called before a judge, right, for anger management. Of course oh. I'm angry. You know, I didn't know I was angry, but I was angry. So went in front of a judge, end up getting... um Sentenced to the Family Crisis Center to do anger management. And I'm sitting in there, and I'm listening to the stories in there, and I just didn't understand why I was sitting in anger management. Well, when I finally decided to speak, the counselor there was like, she was going to write to the judge because I was not supposed to be in anger management class. I was supposed to be in victims counseling. And that, by far, changed my entire life. Going into that class with such a heavy heart, with the weight of the world, I was mm, 21-ish. You were um, so young. So young. But when I walked in there, there were people who were younger than me. They were older than me. There were people that I was like, oh, my goodness. I did not even realize that I was not alone in this situation. I mean, they were like my grandmother's age and my aunt's age, and they were all sitting in class. But the one thing that um someone told me in that class, one of the counselors told me, if you do not change this, I had boys at the time, two boys, your children are going to grow up to be just like that because a generational curse is real. It keeps happening. And for me, it was like a aha moment, like, oh, my gosh, like I refuse to let my children believe that this is love Or dare me the thought of that they will put their hands on anyone else Mm -hmm. I couldn't do. it, And that's that literally that moment is a moment that like a light bulb went off in me and made me change.
0: And it's interesting because I hear you saying that the worst thing that happened to you was you got called in front of the police. You were the problem. You have anger management at the same time. The best thing that happened to you, that was your eye opening moment of. I can make a difference. I have to
2: change. Yeah. That was a wake up call for me. I was angry when I went in front of the judge and I was thankful when I finished with the judge because had someone not called it out, had someone not set me in front of a judge because I had anger management issue, had someone not set me down, who knows what my life would have been at that time because I was, I felt so trapped. I did not know anything about a CAP or family crisis center or any of the amazing programs that are out here to help us. I didn't know anything. I was young. I was naive. And this is what I was taught. And if you don't know what you don't know
0: and growing up, if everybody just kind of, this is what families do. This is normal. Don't talk about it. Right. How would you know to get help if nothing's wrong? Right. If this is just, yeah. Normal. So Michaela, when you hear Roz tell that story, which is so powerful and Roz, thank you. I, um, I really appreciate you being comfortable saying that because you're right, if we don't talk about it, it's not gonna go away. Right. When you hear Roz talk about that, Michaela, where does where do you see Cap falling into that story? Where are the things that you hear over and over again? Where are the services that you provide? How does how does Roz's story ring so true for for Cap?
1: Well, funny enough, this is actually my first time personally hearing Raz's mm. story, but unfortunately it is very similar to a lot of the ones we hear constantly um kind of the first thing that comes to mind is that cycle of abuse and Roz has actually helped implement this but um this is kind of an interventional work we're trying Mm -hmm. to do by going into the schools and kind of doing presentations for the middle and hopefully eventually high school students to kind of start early show them like this is what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like right and kind of educate them on that so they're not feeling like oh, this is how love is supposed to lurk when that's really abusive tendencies starting early and they're not quite seeing it. And it also kind of leads me to that point of like us being out of the community, that's sometimes the very first time someone is getting that help. This is that aha moment for them. I know personally, like at one event I was working, we actually had someone come up and they're like, I'm not here for the event at all. Had no clue this was going on. I saw your tent from the side of the road and someone has told me I need to come speak to you. So this is kind of that moment. I'm finally making that contact. So it is quite rewarding work that we're able to kind of get out there and have those moments and interact in the community. And that's kind of what's brought me <laughs> to do the work here.
0: Right, that you get that, you can see the change that it makes. And I love that, you, that you're that you getting into the schools early and and trying to show the difference between this is what healthy looks like. This is what healthy doesn't look like. Because if you've never been in a relationship,
2: how would you know? Right. Exactly? And that is important to me. It is very important to me that we realize that the times have changed. Kids are in school together, right? They mm-hmm. are in relationships. Whether it's a friendship, whether it's a whatever kind of relationship (laughs) is a relationship you know and so when I hear things like oh that wouldn't happen to my child or that I was that child right my grades were good I was an honor roll student I was popular of course my school is small so we all were popular but (laughs) (laughs) I was popular you know I I had friends you know I had all these things yeah I was getting beat up Mm. I was getting punched in the face and uh, left in the middle of the streets, uh, waking up to cars, going me not even remember what's happening. So, when people say to me, like, oh, this doesn't happen here in Charles County, or this doesn't happen in schools. I'm speaking at schools, not just in Charles County, but I have spoken in schools at elementary schools when kids like, oh, yeah, well, my boyfriend smacked me. But that's just because and I'm like, wait, that I don't Mm -hmm. understand it. So it is very important for me as a person to make sure that whatever I'm a part of that we are educating our youth because they are our future or they will grow up like me seeing these things happening in their household on TVs, in the community, hearing it on the news and thinking it's okay. Right. So it's important. So uh Michaela said it. She will tell you I every time I'm like, how do we get the youth involved? How mm-hmm. do we talk to them? We had a, a board meeting yesterday and we had someone from Charles County Public Schools they're like, How do we get into Good. the schools on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. Not just this quarter, not just the check a box, but so we can have real conversations because mm-hmm. if we do not have Real conversation with our youth, then we are oblivious to what is really happening in the schools. And it's going to keep happening. It's It's not going to go
0: away. It's just that we're not
2: helping to change. Exactly. We're doing the same thing. What goes on in this household stays in this household. That's Mm -hmm. what we're doing. And that's a scary, it's a scary realization,
0: especially when it's what happens in this household stays in this household. And if that's the only way you know to have a household, it does become what you will do when you're older. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Or what you see, what you become the same thing. You know, when I talked about the abuser program, you know, the people who, that I know who were abusers saw that. Mm -hmm. So they became what they saw. They became the abusers because they didn't it's know. It's all you know. It's all you know. Mm-hmm. And and not that before anyone says, oh, I am like, you know, condoning. I am not condoning it at all. What I'm saying is that we need more education. We need more AIP programs. We meet, need more conversations to deprogram the things that our young people are seeing and witnessing in their home. The TVs, we are seeing it. The news, we are seeing it. So I'm not condoning it. So I have to say that again. I'm not condoning what I'm saying is that it is happening. And we need to get down to the bottom of it so that we can educate and eradicate this behavior. Yeah. I always think
0: about the, um, I'm the kind of person that if my car starts making a funny noise, I'm really good at just pretending like I don't hear it thinking mm-hmm. that then the car won't break, but mm-hmm. the car is going to break either way. And mm-hmm. the sooner we can, you know, shine that light in and be like, all right, let's get this problem fixed. And I think for our families, that's a lot of that. Yeah. It's going to exist whether we talk about it or not, but the only way we can help it is if we bring it to the light and mm-hmm. start to make these repairs early. Yes. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about how CAP does this work? Because I hear you've got um, the 24 hour hotline and I love the idea that we're not just supporting victims of abuse, but we're also working with, offenders and saying this is how we can help you change also so it doesn't continue a cycle i can't imagine that this is work that gets done alone so i hear you talking about working with the schools (laughs) talk to me a little bit about what the partnerships are how you are able to have a hotline in these programs who else do you work with in the county how does this
2: become a county supported program that really benefits everybody so i will talk about from the board aspect (laughs) we do have a Appointed seats We have someone from the Board of Education sit on our board We have someone from the University of Maryland Charles Regional Medical on our board We also have DSS on our board So we have those appointed seats Those are appointed seats that come in So even when someone term is out that seat is still theirs. So that is one of the ways that we kind of work together so that we can have different resources in the school and in the hospital. CSM is also, we're working on them. They have a seat. So we're working on getting that seat filled also. So that is one of the ways that we do the partnership, kind of have us all from the board level. And then Michaela is one of
1: our amazing um, employees that works in cap building. Sure. So kind of in-house, we do a lot of partnership with other agencies, especially when it comes to referrals, because we can only do so much on our part. Right. So we do a lot of referrals out to other organizations like Lifestyles, um, Pathways, Center for Children's, just to name a few, um, kind of on an ongoing basis. We definitely partner with the Charles County Sheriff's Office for one of our programs called the Lethal Assessment Protocol, uh-huh. which is an amazing um, initiative where basically the police are on site and kind of physical altercation incidents for what's called IPV, so intimate partner violence. And in these incidents, they reach out to CAP to kind of have one of our victim's advocates speak with the victim in that case to kind of tell them about our services Mm. and kind of how we can help them moving forward to kind of prevent this situation from happening or kind of catch it early.
0: So if I I hear you correctly, it sounds like... There's a couple of different ways where somebody could kind of find their way to cap. It could mm-hmm. be that I self-select, I know I need to reach out to you, or like you, your story where you said somebody, I saw your sign, I needed to come in. Mm-hmm. It could be that, Roz, similar to your story, if the police are at your house, that the sheriff's office has that connection to say, we have this resource, we want to be able to support it. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And and
2: court-mandated also. It can be. Yeah. Tell mandated. me about the court-mandated. So it can be court-mandated also that the... Um, for the AIP program, it could be court mandated that they have to complete our program or CAP as, as a part of their, I don't want to say sentences, but a part of that, their probationary kind of standard. Yeah, their probation terms mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yes. Gotcha. And I'm intrigued
0: by the AIP. Do you have success stories? Can you share, can you share anything of what you hear from people who, because I, I think we always hear the, the stories of people who have survived, which is right. beautiful what are the stories of people who are able to say, I've changed, I'm not going to do that again?
1: Yeah, of course. So unfortunately, I won't say that is always the case. There are some people um, because it is kind of, you have to take that upon yourself to complete it and go through all the steps. But we do have people who are especially kind of caught in that early stage where they're like, I didn't even realize like these were abusive tendencies. Um, And the way the group kind of works, it's Um, a group of guys so it's not just you and a therapist one on one it's a group setting so you can kind of bounce those ideas off of each other and be like wow when you say it it sounds a lot worse than when I said Mm -hmm. it (laughs) and it kind of helps that acknowledgement
0: that community feel and also Mm -hmm. and Roz you had talked about this earlier you'd you'd said that when you looked around the room you saw so many different people and Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I have to constantly remind myself of is that this does not discriminate Domestic no. violence doesn't discriminate age socioeconomic status, religion,
2: ethnicity, yeah it does not discriminate at all. I mean, I know some of the biggest successful people who are abusers or victims, so it doesn't matter your age, your religion, your like nothing mm-hmm. it this is what is happening, our youth, our old people, like you said, it was it's different ages, even in the group that Michaela is talking about there's all different ages and right. everything in there. Like this is, does not discriminate at all.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so we're gonna direct people to the website, we're gonna tell people how to find you, but one of the things that I love about this platform is that we're, we're actually hearing your voice. This is as if somebody <laughs> called the center and got directly to Michaela, or somebody <laughs> ran into Roz at the grocery store and had that like hand on their shoulder that said you're not alone. So I'm gonna ask each of you, because you're talking directly to our residents of Charles County, mm-hmm. What do you want them to know? What What do you want someone to hear if they're either somebody who's currently experiencing, somebody who might be perpetrating domestic violence, or somebody who is aware of a loved one or an acquaintance? What would you tell them?
2: So I would just well, like anyone who hears, know that one, you're not alone. I don't just say that to know me knows that I model that you are definitely not alone. Whether it's me going to the courthouse helping you facilitate, I am that person. Yes, I am. The board president of CAP, but I'm also a human who mm. went through this and know how hard it is to facilitate when you're going through stuff, doing paperwork, and repeating your story. So I want you to know that you are not alone. But I also want you to know that there is life after domestic violence. You can survive. You can still make a difference. I am living, breathing a whole different lifestyle now. I still do have you know, triggers and moments that I have to deal with because it doesn't really leave you, but I have a support system now. I have people who genuinely loves me. Uh, I have an amazing husband who loves me. So when I say there's life out there, you can have life. I think sometimes people just think like, this is my life. This is how it's going to forever be because I was that person. I thought it was going to even kill me or mm-hmm. I was just going to be living with this forever. But that's, that is not the case for me. And it can be not the case for a lot of people, but you have to get help. You have to get It's not home. going to go away
0: on its own. It's not
2: going to go. You cannot just think every day that it's going to change. It is not going to change. Faith without work. You have to put in the work. And that's what we are here for. That's what I am here for. Michaela's here for. Cap is here for. That's what we want to do. So I would just say, you are not alone. I literally will walk with you. And there is life after. Mm, thank you.
0: Michaela, what, what do you want our, our listeners to hear?
1: Um, I would honestly say, I know everyone, the biggest thought is that could never happen to me. Mm -hmm. It could happen to any and everyone in any walk of life. Um, Statistically, there's like one in seven men who are in an abusive relationship every year. Um, One in five women. It literally could happen to anyone, and even if it's not you, it may be someone you know. And there's no shame in reaching out for assistance. Honestly, that is always the hardest first step. But once you take that step, it completely changes everything. Now you have that support system. Now you have those resources um, to kind of get yourself out of this situation or to move about this situation, however you choose to deal with it. You know. So I always say, you know, the biggest step. Take that first step. Give us a call. Or if not us, another agency similar to us. Reach out and ask for help.
0: Thank you. And I'm correct in saying, when you say reach out and ask for help, that's 24 hours a day. Correct. Seven days a week. Reach out and somebody will pick up the phone. Yep. Beautiful. So um, we're going to share all this information, but go ahead and tell us that hotline now so that if somebody is sitting there listening and wants to write it down, give us that number.
1: Of course. So you can always reach CAP at 301-645-645. 3336 and we're open 24/7. It is completely anonymous, so you never have to give name, phone number, any identifying information, um even things like your immigration status. Even as a client, that's something we will never ask of you. Um because we are here to help. We're a nonprofit. We're not here kind of to t- check off boxes. We're here to help.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. So we've talked about What to do if you need help or if you know of somebody who needs help. What if you are listening to this as a community member who just thinks, I want to help. I want to get more involved. What are the ways that somebody can support CAP? And what kind of events do you have coming up that that people can get to know you better?
1: Of course. So we have kind of year-long events. Um, Some of our biggest events are right now in October. This is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Every year, we have an annual breakfast just to kind of, one, provide information to the community, also to fundraise to continue the work that we're doing here um, in Charles County. Part of that event is a um, program called Angel Tree, which is a way that sponsors can help give back to some of the clients like survivors and victims and help them for the holiday season to make it kind of a dream come true for themselves and their families. Um, along with that, in April, which is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, we have an annual 5K, which is one of our like largest farm raises of the year, just to kind of provide awareness um, and to go out and support in the community.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. And I assume that if somebody goes to the website, they'll find information on that.
1: Yep. It's always there. We do also post on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, all forms of social media. We, we try, try to, to make stay sure. Involved. We
2: try to make sure we cover all the social media we <laughs> want <laughs> out there. I love it. Yes. And we'll put
0: all of those <laughs> handles and information in the in the show notes so that people can find them. <laughs> Volunteer
2: opportunities, yes. Donation opportunities, yes. yes. Yeah. We always um, volunteering is always an opportunity. Even when we have these events, we look for volunteers to help out. Um, the board only has thirteen members on the board, yeah. <laughs> so we always need help. Um, and this is the board. We are volunteer employees also, so um, you can always email and get an application. The application is actually on our website also to volunteer volunteers to, to come in and um, help out. Mm-hmm.
0: Beautiful. I've heard you both say today, we're not going to check off boxes. And I love hearing that because I think so often we, as a community want to do the right thing, but the right thing can be hard to do, or it can take work or it can kind of be like a, well, we wanted to, but we didn't really know how. And I love hearing from both of you that this is beyond checking a box. This is, we want you to reach out to us and then we're going to support you Along the way, we're not going to just say one and done. So thank you for being that resource and support.
1: Of course, you're welcome.
0: Michaela Knight, CAPS Community Outreach Specialist, and Roz Manley, CAPS President of the Board, I want to thank you both so much for taking the time to be here today, talking about this in October, but helping Charles County keep the conversation about domestic violence going and educating about it all year round. Thank you both so much.
2: Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Please
0: check out our show notes for all the information about Center for Abused Persons, from the hotline number to their website to all their social media handles. We'll also put a link to our previous episode that talked more about CAP and its services. You can go back and listen again if you heard it before or check it out for the first time. For more information on Charles County government, visit our website, www.charlescountymd.gov. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the county's e-news and sign up for our text and email alerts through the Citizen Notification System. You can watch CCG TV on Comcast Channel 95 or Verizon Fios 10. We're also streaming on Apple TV and Roku devices. Just search Charles County Government. Check out our podcasts wherever you get our podcasts by searching Charles County Government. And our YouTube channel has all of our great video content. You can subscribe and keep up to date with all of our great videos. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Take care, stay safe, and stay engaged.